With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Mountaineer fans, this is Amanda Maisie. You're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Let's go, Mountaineers! Hey, yo, Teddy. Yo. I ran into that young lady, Maria, last night. What? Must have been her husband's payday. Because she brought me to see a brand new diamond link that she see me with on. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by... Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. Yes, I'm in the building. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are listening to Pop Culture. Pop, 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 pop. Today we're going to an oldie but a newbie. It is us talking about Coming to America 2, the rehash, the remake, uh, not a remake, just a sequel, I guess, of Coming to yes, America, cool. the, the hit movie, the cult classic, Eddie Murphy, so many others. Jeremy, what did you think? Um, I, I was ready to say wiggity, 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 whack, but it wasn't. I think it's kind of what I expected. I had low expectations. There's no way you can live up to the first one. The first one was just so great. I was surprised because the first one was like a real movie with comedy. This one was more of a like Wayne's Brothers scary movie, like too much funny stuff. Like they were trying to be too funny and everything. It, it didn't feel like a real movie. It was just a straight, like I said, like like a scary movie, like over the top funny concept. You know what I mean? Yeah. I almost so, felt like it was like a victory lap. It was like just, yeah. it was like a nostalgia driven. How many of these things can we fit in to remind people of how great the first movie was? Um, and also nostalgia driven as far as having salt and pepper in it. If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, salt and pepper's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. This whole thing is a spoiler alert. Okay. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. If you haven't seen it, don't listen. But you probably should listen because it's not worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> I gave the movie an F, and I feel good about the F. I, I, no, sorry, 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 we'll sorry. D minus. I gave it a D minus. Okay, okay, I feel. But you I'm there. not the only I'll one. I'm not the only one, Jay. Did you look up any stats on this? I'll say I give it a D, but no, I haven't looked at any stats. What, what stats did you get? IMDb gives it five point five. The people who watched it gave it on IMDb a five point five out of ten. It's got a 52% Rotten Tomato score, 52% on Metacritic, but 82% of Google users like the movie. On Rotten yeah, Tomatoes yeah. further, the tomato meter, 51%. The audience score was 46%. The critics' consensus, decades after its predecessor, joked about the fine line between love and nausea. Coming to America reminds audiences that there's an equally fine line between sequel and retread. And this definitely fits will- in the retread category. This is a money grab. So the main thing you need to look at, now these are unsubstantiated, but this is what Amazon is reporting. Nobody's been able to verify this because they're very stingy with the details. But Amazon said that Coming to America, the second, the sequel, 
had the number one opening uh, weekend of any streaming movie of 2021 so far and the number one weekend of any streaming movie in the past 12 months. So that's not, a not big a surprise. deal. No, but that's what it's about. The, the, it's not a surprise, but that's what it's about. After you see the movie and realize the movie is pretty much garbage, it's a money grab. Your new people are going to tune in. Your new people are going to watch. I really feel like they didn't give us much in this movie. Now, I will say there were some funny parts. Well, do you think there were some funny parts? I'll say that I did not laugh out loud at a single moment of it. In did fact, you not? not a single moment. Even even Brandon, the parts you're going to talk about, I did not laugh out loud at a single moment of this movie. Okay, I la- I laughed out loud at the barbershop scene. I felt like that could rival the barbershop scene in Coming to America Two rivals some of the barbershop scenes in first coming to America. I'll give, it's authentic, I'll give you that. It's great. It's funny. It's it felt refreshing. Um nostalgia, but it was also funny. Like these guys were the same guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. That part of it was good. Another funny part. Spoiler alert once again. The the uh the soon to be uh the the fiance he was supposed to marry the first <laughs> still jumping up in one day. Yeah, that was funny. Barking was hilarious. Yeah, because I didn't funny. expect to see that. No, I didn't she expect never, to see it either. She, she never deviated from, from from his first command, and that was a whole thing. Make my sister stop barking. Yeah, no, I thought that was good too. That was really good. It made me smile, but I didn't laugh out loud. There was certainly no belly laughing. Um, no belly. Further, going back to Rotten Tomatoes, further what the audience had to say. Because we got what the critics said. This is what the audience had to say. And it echoes what I think is why I'm reading it. It says, it isn't totally without laughs, but a lazy reliance on callbacks and a story that rehashes the first film makes this sequel a letdown. And that's how I felt. I felt like it was a lazy, lazy movie. Poor writing. Very poor writing. But you know what? It's it's funny because sometimes I feel like poor writing is just poor writing. I felt like this was a money grab. Hey, throw something together, put it together. Let's make a lot of money off this nonsense. You know what I mean? I don't feel like anybody who's been in movies, I don't think Eddie Murphy looked at this movie and was like, man, this is a good movie. It's a money grab. Look, you're going to pay me. I'm going to make the movie. Y'all going to watch. Who was funnier, Leslie Jones or Tracy Morgan? Uh, Neither. (laughs) No, they were both kind of funny. I mean, they're both funny in their own way, but... I thought Tracy just, Morgan was funnier. Oh, I just felt like, you know, a little forced. You force these characters in there because they're funny. But, you know, I just I, I wasn't feeling the movie. I wasn't feeling the movie at all. That's me. Yeah, me neither. And they no, the funny thing is they wanted Tracy Morgan to be the son originally, but they had to do a rewrite because obviously there's no way Tracy Morgan's fifty two, Eddie Murphy's fifty nine. Don't make no sense. By the way, did you know that Paramount had this movie had this movie first? What do you mean? Paramount bought this movie first. I mean, I saw and then that the, Paramount was part of the whole. I mean, they, and you know. then they sold it to Amazon Studios for one hundred twenty-five million dollars. And I guarantee Amazon, Amazon got their money back. Oh, they definitely did. They definitely did. Or like will. I said, it doesn't matter if it was good or not. It's just like the Knicks product for so many years. It doesn't matter if the Knicks are good or not. James Dolan's going to make his money. Amazon made their money. Yep. So tell us what you thought if you saw the movie. Tell us what you thought. Don't just say it was terrible or it was good. Tell us what you thought. Let us know. You can get at us like you always can on Twitter. You can DM us on Instagram. You can uh, hit us up if you got our email or our phone number. Let us know. We want to know what, what you guys thought of this movie. Rap me, boys! Do you have cold floors in your home? 
It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. Welcome back, Raspy Voice Kids fans and WVU fans alike. Welcome to the latest segment of I Got Five on It. Raspy Voice Kids, they are ready. I can't ask them again. Here we go. Blank number one. Blank was the best play I've ever seen for WVU. Now, Tavon Austin's feats against Oklahoma, the overall product, that's the greatest game I've ever seen by a Mountaineer. Um... Grant Wiley's jumping over to make the stop against Virginia Tech. That was the best defensive play Ooh, I've ever seen. No, that's that's dope. That's a good one. That's a good one because we're talking about plays. That's we're the best plays. defensive play I've ever seen. But in the moment, in the moment, the best play I've ever seen is Quincy Wilson against Miami. It's the run. That's a good one. Quincy's run. That's good. Over wow. NFL players in a game that it looked like we were going to win. That's the play for me. If I'm going down the best WVU plays I've ever seen in the moment, that plays the best WVU play I've ever seen. I like it. I like it. You went with a big play that everybody remembers. I think everybody would probably have that near the top. Me personally, I had two. And I had one. The one I picked is because I won the championship, Brandon. Deshaun Butler. Tie game against Georgetown. Big East Tournament 2010. He hits a body and he puts it in inside in the paint to win the game. Now, that was huge. Most people remember my number two play, was, which was Deshaun Butler hitting the, the – it wasn't a three-pointer because his foot was on the line, but he banked it in to win the game earlier in that same Big East tournament in Madison Square Garden. The reason why I went with Deshaun Butler hitting the, the, the game winner against Georgetown is because it was for the Big East championship. Literally, he hits the bucket two seconds later – they stormed the court. That right there, moment of happiness, made a bucket, and they won. For me, my favorite Mountaineer play right there. That's a good one. It's hard to beat. Number two. Blank was the worst play I've ever seen for WVU. This one's easy for me. October 26, 1996. Oh! You got the same one? The same one. The same exact one. Go with it. Go with it. No. This play, I remember in the moment how I felt. Um, I thought, why not just go for it with so little time left? Under 30 seconds to go, just go for it. On your own 30-yard line. Up 7-3, to three, so they need a touchdown to win. I thought, just go for it. 
because it was only fourth and two. But, but instead, the Mountaineers punt. There you go. And Tremaine people, Mack, huh? There you go. Tell the people what the story is. Let them know what, what, what play you're talking about. It's the fourth down punt play. Miami versus West Virginia, October 26, 1996. Tremaine Mack comes through, blocks the punt, changes the game. The crowd goes from crazy to dead silent. The game's over. We lose. That is the worst play of all time. I was 10 years old, 1996. And even then I thought, why are you punting? We're on the 30-yard line. Um, um, it's under 30 seconds left. They can't score on our defense. Why punt when they've been blocking punts against everybody? And like you said, Tremaine <laughs> Mack came through. Miami calls it the miracle in the mountains. I didn't yeah. know that until I looked it up earlier today. But that's a good thing. We were up 7-3. We were up 7-3. Yep. You can't win without a touchdown. We hadn't given up a touchdown. 1996 Mountaineer defense is one of the best defense defenses we've ever had. 100%. And, one of the best in history. Punt, and we punt it. And little Tremaine Mack that got his glory in one day. Whew, that's the worst play I've ever seen as a Mountaineer, basketball or football. Wow. One of the, one of the reasons why I'm okay with Don Nealon not having a statue yet. Number three. The Oklahoma State game loss was blank. Embarrassing. It was an embarrassing loss. It would have been a rough loss being at home against a team that you're actually better than overall, even if they had Cade Cunningham and likely playing. But without Cade Cunningham, without likely, you're playing the JV team for Oklahoma State. And not only do you lose, you give up 35 to a ba- to a backup. It makes no sense, and it was absolutely embarrassing. And the reason, Jeremy, to me, that it was mo- that was the main reason it was embarrassing was we lost because of a lack of effort on the defensive end. I've seen us have lapses on defense. I've seen us not be able to stay in front of our man. I have not seen all year a team play with such a lack of intensity and energy for this mountain for, for WVU all year. This is the worst that I've seen. Now, granted, this was the fourth game in a week, um, and so they were exhausted. But there's really no excuse for what I saw. It was embarrassing. The Oklahoma game loss was, for me, one word. Pathetic. It's pathetic. Lack of hustle, lack lack of heart. You're playing a team down their two best stars. You give up, like you said, 35 to some unknown dude. You're at home. It's big. You talk about how you want a high seed in the tournament. Here's a chance to prove it. You lost to Baylor in overtime, which you should have, could have won. Um, you win the next game. Here's your opportunity to close out the season the right way. It was just a pathetic effort. That's the way I feel. Number four. I think we blank in the Big 12 tournament. I think we make a run because we were tired. I think not getting hugs 900, not locking up the two seed, and losing to Oklahoma State and hearing about it all week will light a fire under them. I think beating Oklahoma State in the rubber match will, will will propel us to making a run in this Big 12 tournament. I'm really excited and actually believe in Huggy's boy still. Now, we'll get to the NCAA tournament next week on I Got Five on it. But for this week, I think we – Brandon, I think we win. I think we're going to win this. Now, the NCAA tournament is different. I don't have us winning the NCAA tournament. I may not even have us going to the final four, but in this big 12 tournament, but, 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 but in this big 12 (laughs) tournament, 
I think we're going to win this whole thing. I think we're going to be Oklahoma State. I think we're going to be Baylor. I think we're going to beat whoever comes out of of the other side of the, whether it's Kansas who has two players who are out because of COVID or Texas who's been up and down all year or uh, who's the other team Texas Tech who I don't really believe in. I think we win. I think we're going to win. So you know I'm not saying book it. Bet on it if you want to. If that's if that's your forte. If that's what you like to do. That's your business. But I, I'm calling. I'm calling. Uh, I, I feel. I, I feel confident that we're going to win. Number five, blank will be the star of the Big Twelve tournament for WVU. The Shermanator, General Sherman, Tazinator. As Fran Fischel tried to force down our throats, Taz Sherman, the senior who may be coming back, as he hinted in a tweet, will be the star of this run. He's heard it. He's heard it all. But I think the biggest thing that happened to him was the snub for sixth man of the year when everybody and the mama know he should have been the sixth man of the year. Taz Sherman is going to make a an unbelievable run for the Mountaineers in this Big 12 tournament. Book it. I think there's three people you could have went with in this uh, in, in this blank. Taz, McNeil, but Brand, I'm going back to Old Faithful. Deuce. Deuce. Now, the, the tough thing is I feel like people are zeroing in on Deuce and they know that he's the head of the snake, even though the other two guys can get off. I think I think Deuce, if Deuce, listen, if Deuce is an NBA player, if Deuce is an NBA player, he's going to show out. And I think he will. I think he will. He takes what's coming. He never forces it. But I think he's going to average 18 points a game in this tournament. I think he's going to show up and show out. McBride, that that's my answer. Well, there you have it. I got five on it. There's our answers. That's what we feel confident in. That's what we like. We had fun. How do you feel? Are we wrong? Did you have different answers? Did you have a different favorite Mountaineer play ever, whether it's basketball or football? Did you have a different Mountaineer worst play watching it, basketball or football? Let us know. Get at us. RVK, hit us up. Right, big boys. All things WVU brought to you by the Raspy Voice Kids is RVK Brandon Phoenix, aka I also hate bit with Jeremy Phoenix. I'm in the building in the booth. Here we are for another segment. We're gonna talk WVU football. A lot of talk about Garrett Green, Jeremy. A lot of talk about Garrett Green. Talking about how he didn't get a spring last year, but he did everything he was supposed to do and that he could do to get ready, but he just wasn't, according to Neil Brown. Neil Brown said he didn't feel it fair to put Garrett Green out there. He thinks there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure and a lot of trouble that can happen when you put a quarterback out there when they're not ready. What do you think is going to happen this fall with Garrett Green and Jared Dagey? Um, he said he didn't feel fair. I think that's just part of Neil Brown being ultra-conservative. I, I, I kind of feel like that. He's an ultra-conservative coach, kind of like that. Um, but him saying that makes me feel like this is a real battle. I think there's a lot of times in college football where people will drum up Number one and number two, who knows, trying to push whoever they think is going to be the starter to play better through the spring. I don't think that's the case here. I think we have a real battle. Last year was a real battle. 
Last year, Austin Kendall, Deggy wasn't a real battle. Um, this year, I think it's it's really who's going to produce, who's going to show up in spring, who's going to show up in fall, who's going to show up in summer. I think that this is real. I think you have a real decision to make. Um, so I'm excited to see it. And, man, you know, I've already said it. I know Deggy's more of a pocket passer. I know Garrett Green uh, seems to be more of a runner. I'm, I'm ready for it and let the best man win. I personally believe that Neil Brown is too conservative when it comes to quarterback play, and I don't think Garrett Green wins the job unless he wins the job. And when I say wins the job, I mean he's the second coming of Pat White, being a freshman, a redshirt freshman, but a freshman, um, to play. So I don't think we're going to see Garrett Green in the fall. I think you're going to see Jared Daigie. And I don't get where everybody's optimism is because we haven't seen much of Garrett Green to know. So... Yeah, no, I, I hear it. I hear it. I just, I just want to see Garrett Green, but we'll see. We'll see how it actually plays out. Yep. Uh, what about on football? What about Huggy to the Hall? What you uh, think about all that that's transpiring? This, Jen Wilt tweeted this right as I was about to tweet it. She said she believes that Huggy that somebody in has a vendetta against Bob Huggins. No and doubt. Jeremy, somebody has a vendetta against Bob Huggins. Like, no doubt. Because people will say, well, he didn't have a national championship. He's got two Final Fours, built the program at Cincinnati, nearly 900 wins. He'll have 900 wins almost uh, almost guaranteed this season, and everybody knows that. He's got a Hall of Fame resume. There's no question about that. There's no question in anybody's mind, including people who are not West Virginia fans. They're, I saw somebody say that the rest of the world has understood and made up their mind Huggins is not getting in the Hall of Fame. West Virginia fans should do that too. No, that's not true. Plenty of sports reporters, plenty of journalists, plenty of analysts – are equally surprised that Huggins is not in. My question is, who did he offend? Who did he make mad that's keeping him out? Here's my thing. Josh Witt dropped some knowledge, and I thought that was powerful. He talks about how Eddie Sutton's in the Hall of Fame. He has 806 wins and three Final Fours, but he doesn't have a national championship. He has 100 less wins than Bobby Huggins, almost 100 less wins than Bobby Huggins, and he's in. Lefty Drizzle? Is that how you na- say his name? The other coach? Lefty Drizzle? Drizzle? Yeah. I, the dude has 786 wins and zero Final Fours, and he's in. So it makes me think, what in the world? This guy, Lefty Drizzle's in with 786 Final Four. I mean, with, uh, uh, 786 wins and no Final Fours? But then I pause and get out of my Mountaineer allegiance to realize both of these guys took over 12 times to get into – at least 12 times to get into the Hall of Fame. I think Huggins is only, what, at four? I don't know what he's at, but it's stupid. If he's a Hall of Famer in 10 years, he's a Hall of Famer now. I agree 1,000%, but you know you know these people. You know these people. Well, like somebody said, they're getting worse than the baseball writers who won't put the players in who deserve to be in, like Bonds. I'm not going to say anybody else, but Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, too. Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, both Hall of Famers before they were ever accused or ever believed to have used anything. Look, don't get me started, man. These players saved your sport. They're not the ones who locked out and almost ruined baseball altogether when people weren't watching. But you know who they are? They are the ones who brought baseball back, challenging the most haloed, uh, hallowed, whatever you said it, uh, a record of all time. They brought everybody back, and when they were bringing people back and making them millions and millions of dollars, you were on board and you loved it because they were saving your sport. Now, now you and I call you the mouth? Stop it. You all knew. You knew what was going down, and I'm tired. 
I'm tired of the uppity uh, baseball purist. Yeah, me too. And I'm tired of the Basketball Hall of Fame, the Naismith Hall of Fame. I'm tired of it. Bobby Huggins deserves to be in. I do think, however, have you seen the petition going around? Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw somebody uh, pushing that. Yeah, stop, guys. Okay? Yeah. You're just going to waste your energy and get really upset because they're not going to pay any attention to any petition you put together. Hey, 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 don't wait I applaud on the effort. Look, look, I applaud look, look, the look. effort. No, 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 no. Don't kill their dream. You ever heard, don't wake me up, 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 up. Don't wake me. Yeah, don't wake them up. Look, if they were living a dream that they're little, <laughs> let them do it. Let them do it. Yes, keep doing it. Push for it. Strive for it. Y'all got this. Y'all going to make a change. Y'all going to make a difference. Don't listen to I also hate Pitt. Y'all going to make a difference. All right, do what you want. How about WVU baseball? Still in a COVID pause, but they changed their schedule. No longer playing Marshall. No hurt haters happy about that. Um, I actually don't mind the Marshall baseball game. Do you? No, I like it actually. Yeah, I kind of wish it was still happening, but that got skipped. Um, very excited for this baseball team with the with the pause. Hopefully, some players can get healthy and be back to normal. I don't know how it's going to impact them because everybody talks about how it may not put these kids in the hospital, but it takes them a while to recover back to where they can actually compete. So we'll see how they do coming back from this break. I think it is weird. Let me just say this real quick about I know I'm, I'm switching gears. They're talking about players of the year. And no, I don't think anybody on West Virginia's team deserves to be a player of the year candidate. But when I see the list of 15 like finalists and I see one guy who's a guard who's averaging 14.6 points a game and less assists than Deuce McBride, I think the kid, the kid from Villanova, why do you put him in and not, and not McBride? On the girl's side, Gondersek. Uh, ka- ka- how do you say? Kaiser? Yeah. Kaiser? Kaiser? Kaiser's baller. She's almost averaging 20 points a game. She's killing it at West Virginia. How does she not make the top 15 for women's play of the year? Yeah, I thought she was Little, a lock for, play, for, for ne- a finalist for player of the year. Uh, at least a finalist. She's not even in there. I don't get it, and it irritates me. And it, But you know what? This is why we have to – Brandon, this is why we have to win an national championship. You can't – I'm not saying I, you you can't expect people to give you respect. You got to take it. You got to take it. We've been saying this for a long time, and I just want us to take it one of these years so I could just be like, "Yo, forget all y'all and, and get my and get my strong walk off as I turn my back." You know? Yeah, I was hoping the women could make a run, but Kaiser got hurt. Uh, she kept playing, but she was clearly hobbled, not 100 percent at all, and I don't know how she's going to heal up from that. And hopefully, she's better because um, they can't make a run without her. But that's what it is. That's all things West Virginia. We talked a little bit about everything. But here we go, man. We have the Big 12 tournament starting tomorrow. When you hear this, it's going to be later on today. 11.30, Oklahoma State. Rubber match. We are pumped. We are pumped. We are pumped. The problem is our podcast comes podcast comes out on Thursday morning, Brandon. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Is we're going to do, you know what? We're going to go back to the office where Michael Scott was in love with this girl named Holly and she had a boyfriend and, and she was supposed to break up with him or marry him. And Michael didn't know which one she was going to do. So Michael made himself two videos. One video was to celebrate if she had broken up with him. Yeah. The second video he made himself was to talk himself down in case the worst happened. <laughs> and that's what we're about to do. 
We're about to go through every game of the tournament, the Big 12 tournament, starting with Oklahoma State. Next playing Baylor, unless something crazy happens and they lose. No, no, they're waiting for us. Baylor, and then we're going to go to the championship game if we win or lose. And me and Brandon are going to tell you our responses as if it really happened. So you don't have to worry about what RVK thinks because we're giving it to you now, Thursday morning. We're going to let you know now how we feel about every game. Hey, Jordan, take it away. Welcome to the RVK Timeline Shift, where we cover events that have not happened yet. As of this recording, today we are covering the Big 12 Tournament, starring WVU versus the Oklahoma State Cowboys. First, we will take a look at the RVK Timeline, where WVU beat Oklahoma State. West Virginia beating Oklahoma State on Thursday morning. Brandon, how you feel about that? Vindication! Vindication. Feels so good to get that win. Man, losing the way we did that last game was embarrassing. Getting this is vindication that they really were just tired. It wasn't a lack of desire. It was, it was fatigue. Getting that win is a big step in what our goals are and should keep us locked as a number three seed with the ability to maybe get a number two in the future. I love what they did out there. I love that you said number three seed. I say number two seed. We're fighting for a number two seed. Right now, we're ranked right outside. I'm I'm sure some teams lost today or may have lost today. Winning that was huge because I feel like that moves us up into a, a probable number two seed. Even if we lose tomorrow to Baylor, beating a top 15 team with the number one player in the draft in it should Lock us into number two. I think that's great. It shows momentum. It shows not only it not only gives us a little momentum, but it gives us a mental toughness that, hey, look, we were able to do it. We came out of two out of three losses. Now here we get the same team with their two best players, and we showed them. Like to be able to buckle down and play defense the way they did, to hit shots, to be confident. I know Oklahoma State hasn't played well in these last few Big 12 tournaments. It doesn't matter. To beat the number 14 team, I'm I'm, I'm happy about it. And more importantly, Brandon, bring on Baylor. Ready for him. Round two. And now we look into the loss of Oklahoma State. I'll oh. say it first, man. It's just – it's tough. I mean, I don't know. I guess – I hope we just haven't lost our mojo altogether. I think um, winning the NCAA tournament is about getting hot. We couldn't be colder than we are now. We've lost three or four. Um, but you know what? The truth is, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you lost two, you lost to Baylor, you lost to Oklahoma State, both close games um, at home. When are you going to get together? It feels like when you, if they were ever going to be buckled down and ready to play, it would have been this game. And the fact that they didn't get done doesn't make me feel like when we get in the tournament and we play them big teams – it, maybe we just don't have it. I mean, I love West Virginia. I love how hard they play, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm disappointed for Huggy because this puts getting number 900 in jeopardy. It puts the three seed in jeopardy. Um, and I think it puts the kids' focus, momentum. Well, not in jeopardy. I mean, we got to wait till next year for him to get 900 now. Well, I mean, unless he gets it in the tournament. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. But – you just never know with the way things are trending. It looks all bad right now, and they can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. It's pathetic at the moment. Still behind them. We got the tournament, and all that matters is what you do in the NCAA tournament. Nobody nobody will remember what happened if we make a run. 
All we'll remember is that we Very made true. a run. Very true. And that's what I'm looking forward to now is all we have left. If the Mountaineers have been able to make it this far, then they will have to play Baylor on Friday, March 12th, the semifinals. Here is a look into the Raspy Voice Kids' thoughts on if they beat Baylor. We beat the Bears. We got our revenge. They wouldn't. They ducked us, as you would say, plenty of times. They beat us in overtime. We got our revenge. We got them back. Scott Drew and his boys got what was coming to them. I love what we did. I love how we got that pulled out, especially with the player of the caliber of Jared Butler. Those guys can play. So winning that game, I don't care what setting it is, Kansas City, Morgantown, or Waco, a win's a win. We're moving on. I love it. Oklahoma State first, number 14, now number two. Brandon, we are solidly locked into the number two. The reason why this is so important is because with I just don't agree with the solidly locked into the number two. Brandon, Brandon, if we can, okay, okay, maybe you're right. You're maybe you're maybe right, but beating the number fourteen team and then the number two team in the country when you're already number ten, I feel like that's a solid number. I feel like that's a solid number two, Brandon. I really do. Two big wins in a row. I'm telling you. And this team is starting to play ball. They're playing ball with their backs against the wall where they lost a few games. Now that they show up, they don't just beat Oklahoma State. They show that they can beat the biggest boy, one of the biggest boys, Baylor. What else do we have? We have a lot more to prove. But I just love the fact that we beat them back-to-back when we just pretty much lost to them back-to-back. Mental toughness, strength. I'm not saying we're winning the whole thing. Hey, one game at a time. I just hope we can win this Big 12 championship because you remember a few years ago, we went and we lost to Texas Tech when we really thought we were going to win. So for Huggy Bear, I really, I really, really, really hope. I really hope we can lock down and get one more win. Don't worry about the NCAA tournament. I know I was just doing that. Don't worry about that. Win the Big 12 tournament. Win what you can. Win what you can when you can because tomorrow's not promised. So let's get this Big 12 championship. Remember how good it felt to win the Big East tournament in 2010? Let's do it again. Now let us look into the alternative thoughts of the Raspy Voice kids if we lose to Baylor. Man, I wanted that win, but I'm glad Huggy got 900. I'm glad we locked our number three seed up. And Baylor's just a better team. They've beaten us twice now, once at home, once on a neutral court. Nothing else you can say. Hats off to them. Absolutely. Baylor's the truth. Baylor's a great team. Um, I like the fact that we can play with them. We're not in the moral victories. We can play with them. We handle business, though. We, we beat the teams that we should. We beat Oklahoma State. Hopefully, we get a number two. Hopefully, us playing well against Baylor but losing in the end. You know, but, you know, here, here we go. There's no more. Brandon, this is it. We lost. There's no more give backs. There's no more um, Paul's. Like I said, no more licking your wounds. Here we go. If we're going to win the national championship, we got to get hot and we got to get hot right now. And we got a few games to win the NCAA tournament. We'll see what comes up. Um, I hate losing to Baylor, but it is what it is. And uh, we just got to get ready for the tournament. If we have beaten Baylor on March 12th, then the next game will be the championship game against an unknown team. This is the Raspy Voice Kids' thoughts on if they win the Big 12 championship.
are the champions, my friend. Finally, in the Big 12, <laughs> excuse me, finally, got choked up there for a second. We win the Big 12, haven't won a regular season, haven't won the tournament. We've been close, but no cigar. We finally get to toast to ourselves, champions of the Big 12 in Kansas City. Love it for Huggy Bear. Love it for momentum. Love it for everything that comes with it. I love what we did out there. Super proud. Couldn't be prouder. Telling you, soak it in. Soak it in. We as Mountaineer fans sometimes looks forward too much. I know we were, we're talking about the NCAA tournament. I know we're looking at the NCAA tournament, talking about we can do it. Look, scratch all that, bump all that. Nothing. Tomorrow's not promised. What's promised is this championship today. We are the Big 12 champions. When's the last time we've been, say, been able to say that? 2010. Showed, told y'all before, showed y'all before. Bobby Huggins should be coach of the year. I know other players are doing it. Other coaches are doing it. But Huggins, oh, Brandon, Brandon, I'm telling you, it just, it's, your heart's just overwhelmed. It's just, you know, I know it's just a Big 12 championship, but man, it feels good. It feels so don't say good. Just, don't say just. It is a Big 12 championship. It is That's a right. Power 5 championship. That's right. First one in 11 years. And no, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very content with this, but. If I'm going to peek out the corner of my eye, here comes a tournament, and we're playing our best basketball. Remember earlier in the year, Brandon, I told you, I said, are we peaking too soon? And we were. We didn't peak too soon, but we peaked, and then we went, Then we had, you know, a few bad games. Now we're getting hot again. Everybody knows the NCAA tournament is about who gets hot. Right now, West Virginia is hot. Sean McNeil is basketball hot. Tash Sherman is basketball hot. Mike (laughs) (laughs) is basketball hot. Oh, man, I couldn't be more excited. And I try not to drink the Kool-Aid. I try to reserve myself. But after a championship, baby, we're going to be a high number two seed, maybe the number one overall number two seed, which probably will give us, I don't know, what, Illinois? Or, Or whatever team doesn't win the Big Ten? Hey, I'll take that all day, every day. Let's go. Let's go, Mountaineers. What a great day it is to be a Mountaineer. But what if they were to lose the Big 12 championship? Unfortunately, Brandon and Jeremy forgot to record that part. So I'm here to fill it in for you. If West Virginia loses the championship game, hey, at least they got that far, right? I mean, that's a pretty big deal coming in second place in the in the Big 12. So I don't know a lot about basketball, so I can't really weigh in on this. So hope you guys like this segment. Uh, let's move on to the next Raspy Voice. Mountaineer State of Mind with the Raspy Voice Kids. I am Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, and I am with... Jeremy Phoenix. Yep, I'm here too. And Jeremy, today we're doing number 16, 17, and 18. I'll go first with my number 16, okay? But, 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 but wait, but wait, but wait. Real quick, we need to recap. Last week, we missed at number 13, we missed Teddy Allen. Shout out to Christopher Boone who gave us that because we missed uh, Teddy Buckets, Teddy Allen. Number 14, Brandon, we missed Chase Harler and Darren Studstill. Darren Studstill, oh, once nice. again, given, given, given to us by Christopher Boone. 
Number 15, we miss James Jett. Yeah, how we do that? Christopher Boone gave us that one too, but I realized we forgot Lamar West. Number 15. Nice. So that's a recap of 13, 14, and 15, which we missed. On to number 16. Brandon, I'm going to be honest, 16, 17, 18. I ain't got a lot, but let's see what we get done. Number 16. William Crest, a.k.a. Crest, Virginia. Oh, snap. He's <laughs> He just changed the game. That's right. Crest, Virginia. Wow. And then we got Terrell Chestnut. And number 16. Wow. Was he 16? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Terrell Chestnut, Crest, Virginia. Oh, he's killing it. And I think that's all I got. All right. Well, me, I got Jarrett Brown. Oh, nice. Jarrett Brown. That's all I had. So those are the three we have. And number 16, Jarrett Brown. Oh, Terrell so I won Chestnut. that round. I won that round. Yeah, you won. You won. Jared Brown, Terrell Chestnut. No, when we started this, Jeremy said it was not a competition. He quickly changed that once we started. No, it's all about fun. It's all about fun. Because this game would have been called a long time ago. (laughs) 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 All right. Number 17. Who you got for number 17? I got one. Jake Kelchner. That was mine. That's all I had. Jake Kelchner. And then I also have, um, is Al Rashid Benton, was he 17? Oh, that's a good question. I think I thought he was 18. No. I thought him or Vendarius Cohen was 18 early on, but I, I didn't look it up. But I felt like early on, like when they were first getting to West Virginia, one of them two was number 18. Our she Benton ended up being number three, but I could have swore he was 17 at some point. Maybe not. I, I don't I definitely don't remember that. But we missed him in the threes. Did, yeah, we definitely did. Oh my goodness, we did. Oh we're no, I know. Else is 17. I feel bad. I know we're missing somebody. We are, and I was wrong. Vendaris Cohen definitely wasn't number number <laughs> 18 no. at any point. No, he wasn't. So And you don't have anybody the, for 18, do you? I don't have anybody. Who's number 18? Abraham Jones. Back up for Jamal Day. See, I, Brandon, I promise I thought about him. I thought about certain things I would call him um, to remind you of who I was talking about that I can't say over air. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was that Abraham Jones? Abraham Jones. All right. I didn't have any. You won. You won today. I mean, not that it's competition, but. Who else? We're missing somebody else, Jay. We got to think. We're missing somebody else at 18. Kelchner 17. Abraham Jones at 18. I feel like we're missing somebody at 18, too. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Mountaineer Nation can help us out. Who are, who are we missing at 18? Who are we missing at 17? Who are we missing at 16? Those are ours. Those are our answers. Get at us. Let us know. RBK. Show me what you got, little mama. Show me what you got, Show me what you got. Talking today about Harry and Meghan. Yes, yes, yes. We are talking about ex-British royals because so many people are talking about how they don't care about the royals. But guess what? If you don't care, don't pay attention. But 17 million people in the United States watched the Oprah interview. 11 million people in the UK watched the interview. 28 million people just in those two countries care. And they care a lot. The reason they care is because it's drama. 
This is just high-class Maury Povich, high-class Jerry Springer. People on here telling telling Oprah all of their business and then telling all their family's business and it's talking about race and privilege and money. Are you kidding me? This is must-see TV. You got to watch it. If you have it, you got to. And get your laugh in. If you want your popcorn, get your popcorn. If you want to get your laughs, get your laughs. If you want to be concerned, be concerned. Whatever you want to do, do it. But don't tell me we don't care. Just because somebody fought a war, just because somebody dumped tea, doesn't mean they quit caring. It's like a breakup. Just because you break up doesn't mean you don't care. That's not how they work. It's been a long time. Should have left you without British people to laugh about. Sports Social Podcast Network.